0: It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Welcome to the Living Skin Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Beth Bialco, and today our topic is very relevant, very real, and informative as it relates to our current global situation around COVID-19 and the sanitation protocols and information in the salon and spa industry. At Dermalogica, we know safety and cleanliness are top of mind for both you and your clients and that you may have questions about how to get back in touch. So we've developed guidelines, which we'll be discussing today, a little bit later, on how to move forward when the time comes because your safety and the safety of your clients is our top priority. So today, we have Aurelian Leese our CEO of Dermalogica, joining us as our very special guest to talk about these principles and guidelines for enhanced service safety. So welcome to the podcast, Aurelian.
1: Well, thank you, Beth, for having me. It's a privilege to be here and obviously um, very excited to be part of your podcast. I mean, I've been listening to it from afar for from, from so, uh, so many years now, so it's wonderful to be part of it.
0: Yes, well, we're excited to have you. I mean, I think a lot of of our listeners are not only looking forward to hearing you and your expertise around what we've been working on with Dermalogica, but I think it's also great just to be really in touch with our skin therapists and our consumers worldwide who tune in to our episodes um, each month. Um, So a little bit of background about Aurelian. First and foremost, of course, I've mentioned he is our CEO of Dermalogica And he's joined the company in 2016, which I think is an interesting point because since then, the company, the brand as a whole, has really embarked on a digital transformation. It's defined the brand to new consumers, really seeking healthy skin. And of course, Dermalogica's face mapping technology is just one of the many examples, such as our face mapping pro. Now, before joining Dermalogica, Aurelian spent six years at Benefit Cosmetics, and he was the general manager of the Americas. And the business really quadrupled with expansion of brow services, acclaimed digital work, and awareness building that he contributed to the makeup brand. And even prior to Benefit, Arillian was the president and co-founder of Prescribed Solutions, which is a customized skincare, and it's a skincare line that's actually distributed through the offices of dermatologists and plastic surgeons. And I also think a maybe an unknown fact about you, Aurelian, is that you have a first class honors degree in physics from St. Peter's College at the University of Oxford. So I always think that's an interesting bit of story about you to share well, with our listeners today. Clearly, there's
1: <laughs> nothing to hide anymore. So you no. know it all.
0: We know everything, everything about you. So Well, thank you again for joining us today. And as I mentioned, safety and cleanliness is really a concern as we start to kind of shift, right, back to business with our salons and spas in the industry. But before we even go into talking about some of these principles and guidelines, I know that you yourself are very passionate about championing new ways of empowering our global tribe of employees and professionals. And I know that these have really been some challenging times for many brands across the industry. Yet Dermalogica has been making an amazing difference supporting not only the skin therapist, but you've also really supported our employees. So I was hoping you could give us maybe a little bit of insight into your leadership or forward thinking that's helped keep our internal teams, you know, motivated, uh, productive, and Remaining safe globally
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. I mean, I I I think the first thing to do is that we can do our best We can be as active as possible, but you know by no means have we uh, Have we managed to suss this whole thing out to such a degree that you know, everybody should be listening to us I mean, we feel we've made great progress though and you know what our throughout uh, everything we do with dermologica what we always often think about, you know, progress is better than perfection, and especially at a time like of crisis, like of COVID and the pandemic. You know, it really is important that you keep moving and you keep getting better and better. And you know, with time, will be excellent, but it takes a while. Um, you know, safety is a big, obviously, on you know the first thing we think about when the pandemic. This sort of started to happen. We started seeing it in other countries, um, you know, and very early on what we were able to do was, you know, sort of starting. we started shutting down offices and working from home on an earlier basis. Um, we were lucky because as you hinted in the digital transformation that's been happening over the last years, a lot of that prepared us for this, um, meaning, you know, whether or not you could access your files from, from afar and all these sort of things. Um, But very quickly after that, you know, the question was, well, people were worried, right? And, you know, sort of work from home and closing the office, it meant, to do they have their job? And we came out and said very clearly that, you know, throughout the closures worldwide, we'll take care of our employees. And, you know, and then we wanted to, to take it further as well. And we said, look, and we will do this and we'll fund it. And this is also thanks to our parent company. We'll fund it without any government support because the government support is there for the smaller businesses. Even though we're quite small, I still think we're tiny and I'd love to be larger, but you know, we don't need the money as much as some of our PSTs, for example, and I don't want to be taking money away from them. So on a global level, we've been able to do that. So once you've got those two things in place, you start saying, okay, how can I actively do something? How can I, rather than sitting at home in my pajamas, sort of kicking back, how can I actually get out or stay at home, but get active and do things that prepare? So we invited in scientists um, for some of the first sort of webinars that we did quite quickly to really help people get an idea of it. And we pivoted to what you can do in terms of um, virtual consultations and digital learning, and again, playing on a lot of the things that we had done historically. And then finally, we sort of said, OK, this is probably about about three, four weeks ago, about a month ago that we sort of thought about it, about two weeks ago that we launched it, um, we said it's time to get ready to get back. And what does that mean? Well, how can I do it safely? And hence you know, that evolved essentially into what we call clean touch certification, which is so important for us.
0: Yeah. And I think kind of going back to what you talked about, with the, the conferences, the virtual conferences, I think that's an interesting point because we actually started these um, a few weeks ago. And we've had, you know, we've had uh three that are actually located for um online. We have a resource site now that's available for our therapists all over the world. And not just therapists who work for derm- you know, who are a dermatological skin therapist. Actually it's accessible right by any skin therapist in the industry um across the world. And I think how you lay that out really kind of gives um, gives great information behind, like the inspiration behind a lot of these conferences is because, you know, we are, we're in an industry where we rely on touch, right, for our business and suddenly that's taken away. And I think the, the webinars and these conferences that we've done have really kind of started to pivot and help the therapist plan how to move forward right when the, the time comes. Um, How did you how did you feel when you were kind of thinking about bringing out these conferences when it came to topics and and the purpose behind that?
1: I think the first thing we said, you know, uh, was let's think, what are we going to talk about? I'm always deeply respectful, as I am on this sort of podcast is you have to take the amount of time you're going to spend, multiply it by the amount of people who are listening. And that should get you respectful. Right. So. If you've got 10,000 people listening for half an hour, that's a lot of people minutes. And so you need to have something to say. And so in that respect, we were quite clear, I need to bring something to the market that people don't know, that they're not reading from just every newspaper. And so through connections at the CDC, um, through Johns Hopkins and other places, we are actually able to source an epidemiologist And when speaking with her about can you help us understand what this means? Not for everybody, because that's what you can get elsewhere. But what does this mean for a professional skincare therapist? We sort of very quickly said, well, this is actually so interesting to us, so relevant to sort of push away the non-facts, push up the real fact, um, that we should really sort of discuss it. And then um, once we had decided that, the team just gets into gear. And it's really wonderful to see because Everybody does want to be a part of something good and this force for good, and what we saw was like people jumping in, adding good flavor to it, creating the whole system and it was pretty sketchy i mean we We have been using webinar technology before, but you know this is the first time we had done it on the skate there was it was a multi um, multi country effort as well we had people all the way from um from California, we had people in Bombay and Mumbai on this, as well as even in Thailand. And you know, what was it, I think I seem to remember, we we kicked it off at eight o'clock in the morning, at 7.45 we realized the link had broken. Um, And so, you know, those last 10 minutes when you think you're just getting ready, we're actually sort of restarting computers. Uh, restarting putting out links through a variety of sources to try and get these live conference up again and we did we got it up at three minutes past eight or something like that but um, again it's sort of like yeah it was a bit nerve-wracking because we had really good content but you also had to do it and we wanted to get out quickly as well and we didn't want to wait right which is so I think we did it probably about three or four days after the safer at home orders started here in California. And that's when it's relevant, and that's the thing about these crises. What's relevant today is probably a bit passé in three weeks, right? and so how do you keep abreast of it and but really, it's always about the education and this real solid subject at the middle
0: yeah, and then of course, you know education being exactly what the brand you know our company is is founded on as well, so yes, definitely, talking about this last minute, you know pick up some changes and challenges um we definitely know that 2 well and i think it's interesting too because a lot of us live streamed in from our home offices so i mean it wasn't the convenience of being at hq and and having and doing well,
1: that halfway through um we also lost connection right mm-hmm. which was quite exciting as well so i think I, I seem to remember being on stage trying to make it up as i go along and i actually pulled out uh, my cell phone and started uh started started playing some journey music you know don't stop believing which is one of my favorite tunes and I was like yeah that seems like a good way to sort of pass two minutes whilst we frantically try to restart again but fortunately you know the smooth you know the technology is now uh, we've caught up with the technology I would say um and having done it a few times we're better we're still not perfect but we're going to make progress and um And then, yeah, so you can get more focused on exactly what you're saying and not have to be worried that maybe, you know, the person calling in from San Francisco or from New York, you know, that you can't hear their mic.
0: Right, right. All the challenges. But I think everybody rebounded uh, quite nicely from that. So if you haven't had a chance you're tuning in, you haven't had a chance to take a look at or listen to or watch or have access to these webinars that uh, really and I are discussing, you want to go to www.germalogica.com forward slash in this together. And we actually have these conferences up there ready for you to download and listen and a whole host of resource collections that are going to help you kind of move forward as we're getting through through this pandemic. So speaking of moving forward, one of the things that we've mentioned already was this back in touch campaign, the idea behind Dermalogica's principles for enhanced service safety. So you had talked a little bit about calling in on some experts, um, an epidemiologists. So how were, how were the principles created and what was the goal in mind behind, um, behind them when we, were, when we were putting these out together for a therapist? Well,
1: what was so shocking is that we realized when we started saying, okay, people started saying, hey, should we be going, should we be opening up? It was quite obvious from the conversations that I see in Facebook, in closed groups, in other areas, um, that really there wasn't a lot of leadership in the industry. Um, you know, everybody had their own opinions, but there wasn't. There just wasn't like a people weren't coalescing around a couple of ideas. And we're like, well, that's not going to help, right? We do need to sort of get some solid principles in place. Um, you know, so we, you know, we reached out to this epidemiologist in San Francisco, Dr. Trevetti, And I said, as I mentioned, she had she'd been working pre- previously with the WHO and, and also with the CDC um, on viruses. And and, you know, started saying, well, OK, let's put some principles together and, and that, you know, people can follow. Um, and our industry is an interesting one, right, because it's already heavily regulated in terms of sanitation. Right. The fact that you need a closed container for your clean items, and that has to be labeled and separate from your dirty container, which is also lidded and labeled. That's not many industries in the world where that is, that's already dictated and, and tested, and that's what licensing is, right? So we started from the premise of saying, look, we're already there, but what else do we have to do? And yes, I know we're not gonna be perfect again. We don't know exactly what the right thing is right now, and maybe we'll have to adjust it, but given the facts that we have now, we can actually make a very good decision about what's appropriate today. But science is going to evolve. So let's not get worried about the fact that maybe three months from now, when the science evolves further, we're going to have to change it. That's okay as well, you know, because progress is good, right? Um, and so we, you know, together with, the, with Dr. Treveri, we put together um, a host of principles, a dozen in total. I was very, very keen that they have to be on one piece of paper. You know, I believe that if you can't transmit and your ideas on a, on a single blank piece of paper, then maybe you should go and focus a bit and then come back and then try again. Um, and we, we, we put them together and then we ran them past, you know, other people who'd been working in other areas. So for example, we worked with one of our partners who runs a huge chain of massage uh, locations. And they had actually done something similar with other medical experts, but just focusing on the massage side of it. So it was really good to see what they were saying, what we were saying, made sure it was compatible. And there were some areas where we had to say, hey, who's got the right one here? Um, and, and, and in that sort of iterative approach, you know, we also incorporated what was happening in, for example, Germany and Austria in terms of their industry guidance. And so we really got something that we felt like we could stand behind and we launched it. Um, then actually, it was somebody else in the team because we we try and delegate a lot of authority. Somebody came out and said, "Hey, maybe we, in order to really teach this properly, maybe certification's a good thing." And just from that small idea, just like it was, I remember it was like two words in an email of forty other things. We grabbed onto it and said, "Yeah, it should be certified." And then that then spawned the idea of actually making um, making sure the class is there, making sure there's a quiz, making sure that you actually pass the certification. And making sure that once you pass the certification for being clean touch certified, we actually have, for example, um, pins and window decals that you can use to communicate it to other um, to your consumers if you're a therapist. So it's interesting how these ideas gather momentum, and you know, and that's pretty much how they you know they come to fruition.
0: Yeah it is it is interesting how the the men, momentum kind of happens with everything and I think it's also kind of back to your point that everyone in our company, especially working you know directly with these types of principles of support, want to do their best right They want to give back to the therapist support them um, because we get it we, we definitely can get like the pain point It is when it's, you know it's scary enough to have you know, COVID-19, the virus, but then also too now is affecting how you are doing your business when you can come back to business and actually what that new normal looks like. So we do have 12 principles. I'm not going to go through all of them today. But again, if you are wanting to take a look at these principles, you know, we really recommend that you jump onto our Clean Touch Certification course um, online. And that again is at that website that I listed earlier at Dermalogica.com forward slash in this together. But there are some principles I think I'd like to just dive into a little bit deeper and get your thoughts on um, that I think a lot of times when I've talked about this with other therapists, they've all had a kind of like an aha moment where it's like, oh wow, you know, I didn't think about that or that's a good point or actually I'm glad now I actually have a protocol or I have these steps. And I think the first thing that we have listed here, number one principle is the pre-screening. Pre-screen you know clients and also to the the therapists are getting pre-screening and I know it's pre-screening we actually have a set of four questions that mm-hmm. we are coaching our therapist on to either email a questionnaire or have a phone conversation so what are some of your your thoughts around our, our pre-screening principle?
1: Well, the pre-screening comes as well is it's not that unusual for example, it's a protocol that we've already introduced into Um, the office the office is closed essentially but you know we have essential services like the warehouse like the R&D facilities with a few very few people in there and split shifts so you know as they come in it's very normal to say make sure that they they're not sick Um, and so when you start from the employee or therapist point of view um, you know what we've also been doing is uh, temperature checking and our temperature checking is good for a certain stage of the of this disease but the issue is that sometimes the temperature and the fever only comes later on and they've been sick for a while. Um, and so when, but when you combine this with the other CDC list now of what are the symptoms, you know, one of the ones that, you know, I heard of very early from friends in Europe who were getting sick in, um, in continental Europe was that they were losing the sense of uh, smell and taste. And that actually is one of the, as an example of one of the indicators that the CDC has put out. So, you know, asking that sort of question, have you, have you lost your sense of taste in the last two weeks, is actually quite a good indicator because it's sort of something that doesn't happen to every day to somebody. And that combined with the temperature is a good indicator for, for, for a therapist. Um, we also considered something like um, called pulse oximetry, which is basically check the blood oxygen levels uh, because those tend to go down when you get when you get hit with COVID, um, and there is some really good research to say that it's really just a healthy thing to do because if your blood oxygen goes down, you know that's the time to be seeking help, and sometimes people wait too long. But there isn't enough good research to say that I can use this on a daily basis to try and identify people. I think that might come. What I love about pulse oximetry is that the machine to check that is a thirty buck device that's available at CVS or online. And you know, you just stick your finger in it, and wait you know, about ten seconds, and it tells you. So it's a very easy test. So you know, so what we did is, you know, put those together. That's for them. and then we went for the and for the consumer, you can't do the same, right? You're not going to check a consumer's temperature on the way in. That's just not the right thing to do. But you can say in a you know, and ask the same questions like, have you been sick? And I'm when I say sick, I mean this. I mean, have you had chills? Have you had fever? Have you been together with somebody who? Um, who's been diagnosed with COVID in the last 14 days. And what I really like about this, and this is the advantage that PSTs are gonna have, and and that small businesses are gonna have, is you've got an opportunity to ask your clients as they walk in, in a wonderfully connecting way, you know, welcoming them, saying, look, we really care about safety here, but please can you tell me, do any of these apply to you? Have you been sick in the last 14 days? And you can start a conversation in a way that people will actually like to answer it. Whereas I think what's going to happen to the big companies, the big retailers, you know, honestly, they're going to sort of, they'll probably put a list of all the things that you need to be okay on. And it's going to be a bit like that height restriction at Disney World. And there's a security guard pointing to it next to it. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be a personal human touch. And that's what's wonderful for, like, I think for the smaller entrepreneur, this is the first place that they can actually show they care and that they're taking care of their surroundings and they're only letting somebody in who should be let in and the others should come back later. It's not that they're never going to come back, just come back later.
0: Right. And we definitely, and we have those options in that, that conversation. It's just about really approaching your client with safety and with gratitude because again, the clients out there—they're anxious to come back in as well, but they're also probably a little nervous. So I think this is a great way to kind of bridge that conversation, and to have both the therapist and the client feel comfortable and for safe and safe. Um, speaking of safety, we also have another principle that focuses on wearing masks in mm-hmm. obviously the treatment room, but also to um, common areas. And for you know those of our listeners who maybe tuned into our last conference, we actually had a great video, a client experience showing our Dermalogica therapist wearing a dry, clean face mask and a face shield and a freshly laundered apron during the treatment. So what are some of the thoughts behind that principle around the kind of the face protection for the client or so, for the therapist?
1: So you know, I, I need to give credit to, where well, credit's you and like the idea of wearing a mask it did not come from dermatology in any right. <laughs> any stretch of imagination, right? I mean, it's like social distancing, or physical distancing, right. as we call it, moment, um, and masks and wearing masks are obviously is sort of solid um, part of the public health arena. Um, you know what we th- thought, said, okay. It's obvious that if you're meant to be wearing this, and this is what governments are correctly saying, or local health authorities, which is even more important for me, are saying, how do we continue that inside? And they say, look, don't let anybody in if they're not wearing a mask. And, you know, have a mask for them if they need it. But that is the appropriate approach. Uh, what's really special for us, of course, is that when you get to the treatment room, you know, what happens? One of you has to take off the mask, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is a facial skin treatment. I do continue to sort of meet and hear about legislators who suggest that the best way to do skin treatment is with a facial mask on. But I dare say, you know, I would challenge them to go to a restaurant and eat with a mask on as well. And then, you know, if they realize that's nonsensical, they shouldn't be saying there's nonsensical things for this industry. So, you know, What does it mean? So when you take that mask off, you need to put extra layers of protection. And so it's very, you know, the mask stops, basically stops you contaminating somebody else. That's what it's up there for. It's not very good for stopping other people contaminate you. And, And that's where I think people got confused with the masks early on. So the reason the therapist's wearing a mask is because it stops her spreading were she to have anything, which we obviously hope with all the other precautions we have, she doesn't. But were she to have anything, she won't give it to the client. But then we need something to, that's sort of source control, and we need barrier control to stop if the client has something coming back to the um, therapist. And that's why we introduced the shields, and that, again, through through work with the epidemiologist. Um, and that twofold protection is really, you know, is what we suggest. Yeah. And, as you think about this, look, there's so many, you know, we have people all the time saying, well, asking other questions, like, can you explain, for example, can you use a steamer in the treatment room? And it's actually quite a difficult, you know, because question to answer because there's so many different setups and this. But what it actually came down to when we're speaking to the epidemiologist is like that the mask is only effective if it's dry. So I love the word you said clean and dry, right? It has to stay dry. If the steamer makes it wet, You've you've got a problem. That is not appropriate. It just stops it. It's not efficacious anymore. So you have to. That is not. So as long as you use a steamer and the mask doesn't get wet, you're fine. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of these. I guess that sort of explains a bit. So the way we're trying to bring these principles, so that people are thinking it through, understanding what the goal is, because they know they're goal oriented, they can adapt their own surroundings. Whether they're working in a tiny practice, whether they're working at home. Or whether they're working in a slightly bigger you know practice yeah. the apron is a similar you know is a similar idea again this apron is um, you know is important to keep fresh because when you're doing somebody you know when you're giving somebody a, a facial skin treatment it isn't un- unknown that you know they that you won't be touching them with some part of your body not just your hands right and so that's where that one comes from mm-hmm. um, you know, and all of these, it's interesting that, you know, all of these, they, they have a bit of a, you know, there's always, a, they're, they're questions to make, you know, uh, to, to, to be answered, really, and, you know, the typical questions with masks that we had to answer was like, well, how often do I have to change it? Right. And for that, we really looked back to, like, the medical profession. Um, ophthalmologists use one mask a day. Um, so, as long as you're putting it on and taking it off, when you take it off, in the proper sanitary way, so not with dirty hands and all this sort of stuff, um, it's good. So we also, you know, we're trying to find things that are doable, right? Telling somebody that they have to change masks every 25 seconds is obviously not a helpful guideline for anybody.
0: Right, right. And I think things that are doable and also for supporting them with education around things that maybe they're unsure of, have heard mixed messages. And like you said, these are things that we're trying to adapt to what's already kind of out there um, you know in the industry. and it's a good I think it's a good point to know, too that these principles should be followed in addition to um, not in place of your local regulations, obviously, whether you're you know your country, your market, your state, um, if it mandates certain things, those are obviously going to be superseding your state board guidelines. but again, it's just having that additional layer of support, Around your local governing guidelines, I think is is super important as well. Um, the other thing we have I wanted to discuss too in a principle is the the concept of um, hand washing mm-hmm. versus gloves. And I know we have mm. a little bit of a different twist, and based upon information that we've been given around that principle.
1: Yep. In for facial skin treatments, we're very clearly saying that hand washing, appropriately, is superior. Right. That means you know the twenty seconds, the appropriate way you are meant to be washing your hands. And look, one of the reasons it comes down to you know some people are sort of, oh no, I should use gloves. If you look, if you change your gloves twenty times in a treatment, fine. Yeah, we expect, we expect, a therapist to wash her hands maybe fifteen to thirty times in an hour treatment. It wouldn't be unusual, right every time she has to adjust the adjust the headband and touches the hair she needs now to sterilize if she's willing to change her gloves at that point, we're fine, but I think that's not again it doesn't become reasonable apart from the mountains of plastic it creates and um and a glove an unwashed glove is much worse than a than anything right it's unwashed um so so that's where we got you know and you know, it happens to work with our human touch. You know, the people coming in. You know, as everybody who's a therapist knows, it's the human connection. And it's not just the human connection that the that the uh client is longing for. You know, I've spoken to so many therapists who're saying, like, I'm missing it. <laughs> I enjoy giving it, I enjoy touching somebody. It's 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 you know, from both sides. And um, so it work happens to work for that, but most importantly is. Washing is always the best way because this this bacteria, uh, this virus rather is it just easily washed off and a bit of surfactant it also disintegrates it very quickly, so it's an easy thing to do and it's the appropriate and it's the most effective uh, it's better than hand sanitizer it's better than everything it's just washing and then and hence you know because people don't wash gloves let's stick stick with the hands
0: right right, and I think it's a good point that we brought up is just that there hand washing that 20 seconds you know soap and water still definitely has that really the ultimate benefit and you can also do more effectively quickly more efficiently wash your hands i mean if you think about how many times you're reaching for something and during a treatment room to your point of having to constantly put on and take off gloves which there is a whole procedure to that where you just don't slide on a glove you know normally anymore there's actually a whole yeah. action and, and steps behind that as well. Um, you also brought up, too, I thought it was an interesting point that as we're recommending, especially before, obviously, skin treatment and even a skin analysis that we're a therapist is performing that over cleansed skin as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's time to change the way that you look at, you know, um, like how do you prepare the skin? You know, you want the skin to be clean as possible. And uh, before you start touching it so you know starting with a cleanse is the perfect way and if you do a facial skin analysis even out in the open and not a full treatment we would much much prefer you to uh, or in fact insist that you sort of before you touch somebody's face that you clean that face and um, you know with due course there's going to be some products we bring on the market which will help you but I'm gonna tease that I'm not gonna tell you what it is because uh-huh. everybody's sworn to secrecy <laughs> at this company we will let you know in due course but it's definitely and that's going to be a sort of a world first but you know but a good cleanser is a, is a good step and for us you know we've always started with a double cleanse but that basically meant the pre cleanse step first so is it a bit weird to do pre you know cleanse pre cleanse cleanse yeah this we're in weird times. It's good. Right. It's the appropriate thing. It's the safe thing.
0: Right. We're all preparing, you know, to get back to work and what we kind of call the the new normal. Um, so those mm-hmm. are just a few of the principles that Evelyn and I just kind of dove into just to give you guys a, a touch of the 12 that we have listed for you. Again, we recommend to head up to Dermalogica.com forward slash in this together so you can have a full access to that. I want to circle back to talking about our clean touch online certification mm-hmm. course. This went live on April 30th, and it provides guidelines on how to move forward with your business in a safe environment when the time comes. And of course, this was a definitely a collaboration of many, many departments um, bringing this education to life. And I know uh, right now we have roughly about 13,000 certified skin therapists from the course, um, and that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're looking, at that's really amazing. Considering we just launched this on April 30th, and I know we also have currently eight languages supporting this course, and we've got more to come coming up from there as well. Yes. What, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think very much. So it's about a week and a half, right? So, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so that's you know, thirteen thousand. I, I mean, what I'm really humbled by is you know, we were saying earlier that you multiply the number of your audience by the minutes that they dedicate and you know it's probably about 20 to 30 minutes for each of those therapists um 13,000 times half an hour is a lot right and so that's how much time people have spent on ensuring enhanced service safety protocols and i think that's something we're really proud of um we see that they've now been adopted into um you know whether it's endorsed for example by the PBA which is professional beauty association in the US with the german equivalent of the cosmetic Verband, you know and and in many other countries you know we we see how these are making their way into industry wide um, sort of certificate, not certificate bodies who are sort of saying this is the way to do it and one of our, and that was our hope i mean um, we we said very clearly from the first day that because this is for the industry um, you do not need to be a Dermalogica customer to take this. Um, you can be a concerned consumer even, I'm fine. I mean, the more people that know about what it means to have enhanced safety, the better for everybody. And so we uh, we opened it up and uh, it's gone, with one language of the first five, few days then went up to five languages about a, uh, just about, a, actually exactly a week ago. And within about five, six days, it's gonna go up to 18 languages. You know, so uh, it's not just one person translating it into everything they know anymore because most of my friends don't speak 18 languages. But they, um, you know, it's It's good and it's nice to see it go around the world. And I th- also, you know, I'm loving the pride with which people are doing, you know, the therapists are taking this and showing their certificate, sharing their certificate. And that's as well. That's, that's part of it. It's about how can we show to the world that we are to be trusted? We've always been low touch. Uh, oh, sorry, high touch. We've always been low traffic, high touch. We've always been high sanitation levels, so we've been safe environments. But now we've put all this extra effort to being even more safe. How can we communicate that to everybody, and and do something rather than sit on you know sit down and just wait for the world to pass us by, and uh, that's something I think is exceptionally uh, powerful and bodes extremely well for the future of human connection through wonderful skincare services. Right,
0: and, and I mean, really, if you think about for the International Dermal Institute in Dermalogica, I mean, we've been, we've been with a skin therapist a professional since 1983 for IDI and 86 for Dermalogica. We were there with them before their business, in their business, we're going to stand right by them while they're waiting to get back to business as well. And I think that's a true testament and this course is a great example of that. Like you mentioned, 20, 30 minutes, If you haven't had a chance to jump online and get registered to take this free course for you um, on our Learning Hub, you can definitely do that at the website so you can get registered. I think the course is really interesting. It's very interactive. It gives you not only the principles, but what we also love that we were able to put into it were some additional best practices, extras, pieces of information just to kind of help you, again, really be sure that you're practicing um, safety and also to helping to really promote sanitation and and a healthy environment. So you have the course. You actually have a quiz that we have on there. Um, once you've successfully passed that, there is a pledge that we have. Our then th- the pledge well. is important,
1: right? Because what the pledge yeah. says is that those thirteen thousand people have said that they pledge that they uphold all their local medical, the local sanitation guidelines, right? They pledged that to start with, and that they pledged to do these 12 principles on top of that. Yeah. And and that's why we're excited because then reaffirming that very solid base, which is so important, and this would never supersede. And then they're doing the extra, which is very cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's definitely, it's about taking, you know, sanitation seriously. And this is a great commitment to yourself, to your education and to your business. So definitely after the certification, you can print that out. You can, I have mine in a frame right now. So you can put that up, show it to your clients, to your consumers who are coming in, talk about it on social media. And then of course you get an email also that um, gives you our back in touch Dermalogica's principles for enhanced service safety in a guide, which is also exceptional that you can continue to reference back as well. So, wow. Well, so, Aurelien, hey, thank you so, so much for your time today and your valuable insight and expertise um, around everything when it comes to sanitation and safety and dermatologica.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, you know, know, as a closing thought, let me put it that way. I mean, one of the things that it's a really interesting time, right? It's a time of change, this COVID and the pandemic. And. Um, you know, I've been listening to radios and people who've been saying, you know, it's going to time for big business and everything small is going to die because they can't afford it. And you know, I don't think that's the truth. I think that it's a really, it's a really, it's one of those critical times where I think actually small businesses, entrepreneurs, own operators, are going to come out really well. And in fact, I'm so I, if I have to bet on somebody, i bet on the small the small people at the moment yeah. because. Because what I'm seeing is like the big guys, they're just sitting it out, they're in the side, they're focused so on digital, they're pulling the experience out of, of retail experience, you know, the retail shops are now, yeah, I'd like an airport check-in. They're not they're not exciting. And and the whereas I see the smaller owner operators sort of infuse that human connection, that touch, I see them much more active, much quicker to sort of enhance and change procedures. And maybe it's also because they can, right, because they're in control of their own destiny and they're not in some corporate structure where they've got three levels of management above them, which is sort of maybe not letting them move as fast enough. So it's really it's an important time. It's a really tough time for small business. But I think I'm just so hopeful and optimistic that small business is going to come out of this and there's going to be a wave of really wonderful entrepreneurs who are going to hopefully blossom in this. In this new post-COVID time and hopefully you know with us all this work we've done on clean touch whatever it is hopefully we've just been able to do us small contribution to ma- help make them be that more m- successful and if that's you know if that works awesome
0: yeah perfectly very well said yes exactly and I know that everyone's going to be excited to stay tuned to see what you know what the industry is doing next what Dermalogica is doing next and you know, definitely I feel once we kind of move through this and head into this new normal, that we'll be back um, better than ever. So thanks Thank again. You. We really, again, appreciate you. And uh, again, you guys, again, are really ready to jump into that certification, learn a little bit more about sanitation, head over to dermatologica.com forward slash in this together. And uh, I think you're really in. And we can't wait to have you back on another podcast. Thank you, Beth. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Living Skin, and don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any topics you'd like for us to feature, send an email to livingskinpod at Dermologica.com. And until next time, cheers to living in your healthiest skin.